game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. In overtime, deadlocked at four. Edmonton has never led. Hyman left wing for the win. He shoots and scores. Zach Hyman. This game is over. This series is tied. Five, four, Edmonton in overtime. Down three, nothing after the first period. Down four, three, late in the third. And the Edmonton Oilers take the punch. Huge gut check. Zach Hyman, the game winner. They have tied their best of seven with the LA Kings at two wins each. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:52, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. An absolutely classic playoff game. If you were to ask me why do we watch sports, whether you're an Oilers fan or a Kings fan, or whatever sport you like or whatever team you like, I would say games like these are why. And the cherry on top, of course, for Oil Country is they get the win. And finally an overtime win, Rob. And a guy who a lot of people have been saying he's got to score, he's got to score, comes through with the game winner. And he, and he did. Uh, big player, big moment. I, I mean, the overtime thing was going to eventually start to even out. Uh, the Oilers are too good a team with too good of players to... Uh, continuously lose overtime games. Uh, the, the the Kings, who have been so disciplined when it comes to how they've got into their 1-3-1 one, one, or 1-4-4 one, four, four check in the neutral zone, uh, they cheated a little bit on the last goal. Kopitar turned one way, Kempe turned the other, and Evan Bouchard realized it. He saw that the Kings weren't back, so that when he threw the puck up there, Hyman now was one-on-one with the player he was playing against, and that was Doughty. So he was there's a little bit of a lane and get to be able to put the puck on net. So uh, it was a good game. Uh, Jack Campbell came in and was outstanding in this hockey game. Uh, I, th- I don't even think it's shy of saying it's probably saved the Edmonton Oilers season. A couple big saves in the third period. The Kings were the better team early in the third, and he made save after save and allowed the Edmonton Oilers to fight their way back into the game. So... This was uh, as good as it gets, and I have a feeling Game 5 is going to be just as good because th- these two teams do not play that boring hockey. They do not play uh, – neither team – I, I texted a buddy. Both teams in this, game, in this game are too good to be blown out, so I would expect Game 5 to be another close one. Well, and I mean, I said that to you after the second period. Of course, it's close, even though it looked like it might be a Kings blowout for a while. The Oilers take it 5-4 in overtime. The three stars uh, selected tonight, Rob, I I know different... broadcast outlets might have different three stars I always go off the NHL game sheet Hyman the first star Dreisaitl the second star Deneau from the Kings the third star our fourth star for Jandel Holmes Alberta's premier modular home retailer Rob we're not in the same location but I think I can read your (laughs) mind well his name's Jack Campbell Uh, the Oilers don't win this game in overtime if Jack Campbell doesn't come in and stand on his head all right here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft you speak to the players speak how was that handled in the room after one yeah i think a little bit of both uh i think the key point there is that 
We have a lot of uh, really proud um, hockey players, proud people, um, people who uh, relish in working for each other. And none of us felt good about that first period, not one of us. Now, saying that, we hit two posts and, and we're in alone on the doorstep and we didn't convert, but at the end of it, we were down 3 nothing, and that was probably our worst period of the series. It was. Um, in a series where we haven't given up a whole heck of a lot. So um, for us to kind of regroup and... Um, you know, get things back on the rails. It started with one, and we built it from there. What were your, uh, what, what yeah, your, your thoughts on uh, making or pulling Skinner? That's obviously a big decision. How'd you do it? Yeah. Um, you know what? First of all, Spec, you know this. I, I've constantly touted that we're, we have good goaltending tandem. Uh, I have belief in both of our goaltenders. And, um, you know, that's not uh, assigning any blame on Stewart for the way the first period went, but I felt that our team needed a little bit of a change in momentum, um, give us a, a different kind of look. And uh, the only debate I had was when I was going to do it, which was were we going to try and get to the end of the period or were we going to do it after that third goal? We decided to wait until... Um, you know, we could get into the the room, um, and once we did that, um, we kind of took took off from there. Jay, right here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't uh, to Mark's question. It wasn't just Skinner who saw or was pulled. It, it was uh, Vincent Dayarnay saw his ice time reduced. But yep. what does that say about the type of team that you have, where you can move? Philip Broberg obviously being elevated. That you have other guys that can kind of fill in and uh, and get the job done. Yeah. Well, you hear me say this all the time. Uh, I think we have a lot of really good hockey players and we feel good about all of them. We have an unshakable belief in our players. Uh, we don't hide anybody, um, you know, and, and sometimes you have to mix things up. You got to scramble. And um, I was really pleased with the way we came out in that second period. And then I was really pleased how we fought back in the third period. Uh, that's a credit to people seizing opportunities. Um, as I said, we got a lot of really, really proud people. Jay, uh, Corpusalo had made some clutch saves in the first three games. Do you feel like tonight at all that uh, maybe you guys might have put a little dent uh, in him? Um, you know, that's a question for their staff and, and what they think. Um, we scored five tonight. They scored four. Um, you know, I was pleased that, um, you know, I think we, we, we scored... Uh, you know, a good number of goals. You score five goals, you should win the game. I think uh, for us, you know, there's some things we can do a lot better defensively, and our start's going to have to be better uh, heading into game five in Edmonton. Jay, this team um, passed its biggest test of the series so far tonight. What can that do for the Oilers going forward? Um, I would say this. Um, We've maintained a very consistent attitude all throughout our season and uh, all throughout the first three games of this playoff series, which is um, we're a very even-keeled group. Uh, so while this is a big win, it's a big comeback for our group. We're looking to build on it. We also know that they're, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy it for a little bit, and then we're going to get down to work. There's lots of work to be done. 
said to you, or this group the other the other day that we've we've prepared for a long series. We're, we're bunkered in for a long series, and uh, tonight we we got a big win. It's a best of three now. Uh, Jay, um, you you obviously uh, over the last couple of days there were some a lot of talk about getting more offense, especially from, from your key guys at five on five, to have Evander Kane score late, to have Zach Hyman get the winner. Is that a little bit of um, kind of pressure being relieved, or, or how would you kind of maybe describe that scenario where those two guys kind of um, yeah. scored big goals for your team? You know, it's game four. You know, it's not like uh, they weren't doing lots of good things. They were. Um, it just didn't go in the net for them. You know, uh, we talked about those. You know, I, th I think tonight it was two posts, one crossbar, and uh, a couple alone on the doorstep. Um, Kaner ended up finding that that tying goal in the third period off of a shot from distance. Um, you know, I, I see I see a lot of our players all around it, and you know, we have a belief that. If you do things harder and longer than the opposition, that eventually you get rewarded. Uh, I said this yesterday. Our mindset is to continue pounding on that rock until it splits. AJ, um, obviously today the, the discipline was a lot better today. There was You guys still played physical, but how, how key was it to, to not take some of that extra stuff? I thought it was a really well-officiated game. So you said you really like the goaltending. Sorry, I can't, I can't hear you. You said you really like your goaltending tandem. Yep. Do you have a decision to make in st for your starter in game five right now? Oh, my goodness. We're not even 15 minutes after the game's been played. You got to let me enjoy it for a little bit, don't you? 15 minutes. You enjoy <laughs> uh, we'll sleep on things and see where we're at after that. You had a question over here? Yeah, just coming back to Kane, to Kane and Hyman. I mean, a lot of times when you're looking to bring guys in, you're saying we want somebody heavy, we want somebody skilled. To have two guys that, that check both boxes, what does that do for your forward group and your kind of ability to mix and match also? Yeah, I think both of those guys play, uh, play very deep. They have a deep mindset. They hang on to pucks. They're big bodies. They finish their checks. Uh, they put hard miles on the opponent's uh, decor. And, um, you know, for us, our belief is that, as I said, if you do things harder and longer than the other team, over time, all those good things accrue. It's like a bank account. You keep investing in that bank account, and eventually you, you get rewarded. And um, for us, uh, Evander Kane is an absolute warrior. He's built for this time of year. He's somebody who uh, leads through example and uh, has an unbelievable skill set for a skilled player like he is. Zach Hyman had a career year this year. It's n uh, not an accident he put up the numbers that he put up. He's somebody who uh, he wore the cape for us tonight. Just over here. Yep. Going back to the start real quick, in what ways did the Kings test your group that maybe they hadn't done before that inhibited you guys from executing in the you way know you wanted? I, I wouldn't even say that. I think there's things that our team can do a little bit better. Um, as I said, I'm going to keep going back to it. We had two posts and one in alone at the doorstep in the first, I think, 12 minutes of the game. So we had our chances, too. They converted on theirs. There's some things that we can do better. Um, but I loved our stick-to-itiveness, our persistence, 
our care for each other and uh, we were a work-based group and we got better as the game went on and I think that's the sign of a good team. Good, thank you. All right, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Rob, we were, we just started talking about Jack Campbell before we went to Woody there. He was asked who starts game five. <laughs> Even if he's thought about it, he's not going to say that right after the game. If it's me, and I'm sure we'll get some calls and opinions on the open line tonight, I would come back with Campbell. He won the game, and he made some huge saves along the way. I talked with it, Bob. I know that Bob and Jack talked about it. Bob said he'd come back with Skinner. Uh, my thought on it is the first three games, Skinner was one and two. In game four... He was on his way to a defeat. I mean, he was down 3 nothing after 20 minutes. Campbell came in and stood on his head. Campbell saved the season. He was that good. Now, I do believe that Skinner has been the better goalie all year long, and Skinner might have the better upside going forward. But after the game that Campbell did tonight, the confidence that he has, uh, and, and the fact that, to me, you ride destiny, you ride... Uh, the wave and the wave right now is a guy that just came out of you know the doghouse for the last five months and stood on his absolute head I would go with Campbell in, in game five now it's it's a pressured situation because game five could dictate who wins the series and you put in a guy that struggled most of the season in but to me uh, Skinner had his chances and Campbell came in with his chance he stole the net and I believe to me, I would play Campbell in the game. 5-4, the Oilers win in overtime. So how about this? The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com because the Oilers scored five in a game. You can head to our website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems certainteed pro all the way it's a historic win for your Edmonton Oilers tonight it's the first time since the Oilers won a playoff game when facing a three-goal deficit since game three of the 1997 first round against the Dallas Stars back with more from the Oilers dressing room and some of your phone calls too it's Heartland Ford overtime open line Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A steal by Deneau at center, Arvidsson, breakaway, wrist shot. What a save! Jack Campbell with the left pad! Not only stopping that shot and keeping Edmonton's hopes alive in this game, but potentially the season. Magnificent Jack Campbell. Just an astounding save by Campbell with 5.46 left in the third period. Arvidsson a breakaway that would have made it 5-3 for the Kings. Instead, Kane ties it almost three minutes later. Hyman wins it in overtime. That's your save of the game, save of the season, really, for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell, in relief of Skinner, stops 27 out of 28. And gets the victory and Rob just uh, looking at Hyman's goal again here on uh, on the replays online 
and you, you talked about how the long pass broke down and then the shot Dowdy's stick in there and it looked to me like it went between the arm and the body mm-hmm. on Corpusalo. and you know we talked before the game you, you just kind of got to keep shooting and, and I Mooner was watching the first two periods with me and the Oilers you know after the Oilers tied it and they had to make some pretty nice shots even even though a couple yep. of power plays in the second period I, I said to Mooner are we just going to get one through this guy you know is one going to tick in bounce in the kind he's been stopping are we going to get one like that that's kind of in that category it is, and that's why you, you volume shoot. Because uh, every night you watch uh, the highlights, there's goals that uh, it's like maybe you should have had that one. Well, the only reason it went in is because you threw it on net. So keep forcing the goalie to make save after save. Keep putting pressure on him. And then, especially when you get into overtime, uh, every time the puck's put towards the nets, it, it's a stress test for the goaltender. He can't make a mistake. He knows that. There's no coming back from it. So on that one, it was a, a nice play on the breakout. Smart by Hyman getting in the good spot. And he, he just put the puck on net. And I do believe it hit Dowdy's stick a little bit to, to fool Corpusalo. But if you don't shoot or if you delay and wait for a better play or a pass, that doesn't go in. You you force the goaltender to make a mistake. And on that one, he did. So uh, good on Hyman. A couple players who have been talked about needing to pick it up five on five Kane and Hyman both come up with huge goals that was the Oilers 40th shot of the night I set the line before the game for River Crew Resort and Casino excitement bet on it at the Oilers regulation time shot total I set the line at 36 and a half they had 36 so under is the winner that was submitted by Adam he gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card okay back to crypto.com here is Oilers goaltender Jack Campbell Jack can you talk about your team's resilience that was on display today at racing that three goal lead and then getting one late in regulation just speaks volumes I think we've been battling hard like that all year and faced some adversity and um, you know they came out hot in the first but nobody got down we came out and um, just worked hard all night and, uh, you know, got a big goal against a good team in overtime. What goes through your mind when you get the tap on the shoulder during intermission entering the game? Let's go. Let's get her done. <laughs> Once you got in there, what was it like to, to let's go and get her done? How comfortable did you feel? Like, did you feel comfortable right off the hop? Yeah, I felt great right off the hop and the guys did a great job in front of me and just a big win. How much can this propel you in this series now, being able to to come back like this? And that's obviously a big win for you guys. Certainly a big win for us, but, you know, they have uh, some good leaders over there too, and, you know, they've been in this position before, so we got to refocus and be ready for the next one. Yeah. Just want to ask you, that, that breakaway save on the third period on Robertson, how did you see it? You were able to reach out your pad, almost looked like you extended your leg there. Remember that save? Yeah, no, he made a good move. Uh, thought he was going to take her backhand, but cut back and just tried to battle and stay with it, and fortunate it stayed out. Jack, it's your first year being teammates with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. They both had three-point nights tonight. What's it like as a teammate to see the top players in the world and the top players on your team elevate their games in the most crucial moments of the season? Yeah, I mean, you want to do it for everybody, uh, but seeing those guys, the work they put in and, and the um, results they produce, you know, day in, day, in, day out uh, during the whole season and playoffs, you want to dig deep and, and get the job done for them. And, uh, you know, everybody in the room did that and, uh, you know, feel good tonight and move on. 
is just how much do you uh, reference, like, just the, what you know about the players that you played with on this Kings team when you get in there, reinforcing just the things that you have to know when you go up against a Kopitar, a Kempe, I follow guys like that. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, Kempe having the year he's had, you got to be ready for his release. And I thought our guys just did a great job on their top guys. And um, obviously, they're going to make some good plays. But, um, you know, our guys did a great job and fortunate to get it done. When they signed you last summer, you were supposed to be the guy in net for these games, and you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, it's a different path, but you get there in the end. Yeah, it's a nice win. Nice to get a shot, and... Uh, just happy for the guys, you know. Um, Stu's been playing great. Um, you know, when he's been in there, we had a tough first, but everybody bounced back and um, feels good. Do you have a reference point for this? Have you been in a situation where you came off the bench in a, this important a game and pulled this off like we've done this before? Oh, I mean, not in the NHL, that's for sure, but uh, gold medal game against Canada was a good uh, rehearsal, I guess, but, you know, that's over a decade ago, so we're moving on and just trying to stay ready in practice. Jack, I know you like to talk about the team and, and your team guy, but where where might this win rank in kind of your career in terms of, you know, a big moment in your career? It's probably the biggest win of the day for sure. Um, you know, today uh, we just wanted to win and we did, so it feels great today, but, um, you know, time to turn the page and get ready for the next one. You may have been asked this, and I apologize, but that, that save on, on Arvidsson with about five and a half minutes left. What did you see there? How did you kind of make that save, I guess? Yeah, he just made a good move, tried to stay with them, and fortunately we had guys coming back hard to help me with the rebound. When the team goes down three after 20 minutes of play, is anything said in the intermission, or does everyone kind of go about it in a quiet, confident way? Yeah, I mean, I think guys were uh, saying the right things, like like they always are. We got great leaders in here, not just this one single guy. It's it's you know so so many guys and and pretty much everybody. Like each guy stepped up at certain times throughout the year, and uh, no different tonight. Did Jay say late in the first period that you were going in, or did he tell you at intermission? I'm not really sure. I was just kind of ready to rock when when he uh, when he told me, and I don't really remember when that was, but yeah. Got her done. Thanks. All right, that is Jack Campbell, the winning goaltender tonight. Oilers beat the Kings 5-4 in overtime. And, well, Rob, uh, so much for getting the lead. <laughs> like, yeah. The Kings coming into this game had had the lead for 8 minutes and 15 seconds in the series in terms of playing time. They are up two games to one. The Oilers never played with the lead tonight, and, and they won this game. Well, we've seen that uh, script before in the playoffs here in this series. So uh, these two teams are both very good. And with about 20 games left in the season, I said the worst mashup for the Oilers was the L.A. Kings simply because I think Edmonton and L.A. are the two best teams in the Western Conference. And they're playing each other in the first round, and one of them is going to be done uh, in a few nights or within the week. But tonight, the Oilers dug deep. They found a way to get on the power play. And the biggest thing for me, outside of the, the goaltending by Campbell, was the Oilers tonight just played hockey. There wasn't the after-the-whistle scrums. There wasn't the cross-checks, the, the face washes, uh, the little hacks behind the back of the leg. They simply played hockey. And they stayed out of the penalty box. So that was key. This was a game that was just, this was just good playoff hockey, the way it's supposed to be played. And the entertainment value, Reed, was through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. Oilers two for three on the power play. They did have a power play in overtime. They didn't score on Kings one for two on the power play. And 
And again, you know, now the the Oilers stay out of the box, and you know, I personally, I think they got a break on that Fiala penalty late in the second period. And, and you know what, Rob? So many little moments, and uh, the the refs are human, and little decisions. I, I wonder if that's called if the Kings didn't get a two on one off of Leon being knocked down. Because to me, that was more of a body check than a trip. But Leon went down, and LA had a two on one out of it, and they called the penalty. Edmonton tied it in the last minute of the second. Uh, I, in all honesty, the ref could have just not seen it properly because it wasn't a trip. It was a clean hit, and Fiala was upset by it. I do believe this was a well-refed game. I think they, they did a really good job of letting them play, but also the players were smarter. Both teams were smarter. And I think they understood the importance of the game, and they allowed the referees to, at one point, be uh, to help decide the outcomes of games because they put the the opportunity for the referees to make phone or to make calls in the game in the first few games so tonight both teams went and played hockey and they both played very well so yeah that was a bad call on the rep by the referee but i think it was one that was an honest mistake but the biggest thing is when you get those chances you take advantage of it and certainly the Oilers did tonight I can't remember which one of us said it, but it was earlier in the season when the Oilers were having some struggles and again, often allowing the first goal, falling behind one nothing or 2 nothing. And one of us said, well, maybe in a playoff game, they're going to be down after the first period and at least they'll have a lot to draw on. <laughs> well, sure, you know. they do. And, and it's funny, and the, the players talked about it uh, after the game. They said, you know, we've been here before. I think it was Leon said, we've been here before, unfortunately. Yeah. And they have. And the thing with the Oilers and their power play, their power play is so lethal that, and we talked at the end of the first, they had 40 minutes to go. Over those 40 minutes, you figure if they get two power plays, that's a good chance they're going to score two goals. Now, you only need to get one other one. Um, they got the saves they needed. That was huge because the there was, oh, I would say three or four great opportunities for the Kings to extend the lead. If Arvidsson scores on that breakaway, the game's over and possibly the series is over. But he doesn't. Campbell makes the save and allows for a little bit of magic by Evander Kane. So uh, the Oilers, and I've said this since day one, are a very confident group. This is not a team that was trying to win or to make the playoffs. This is not a team that was looking to win their regular season division or conference. This team believes they're good enough to win the Stanley Cup. So at no point in this game when they were down did they feel that this wasn't a game they could come back in. And they certainly did. Game five is Tuesday here at Rogers Place. I, I'm here for the the watch party tonight. Pretty loud when the Oilers <laughs> won it, which is cool. So it's a 5:30 faceoff show. Game at 7:30 on Tuesday. Game six is not until Saturday in LA, and we don't have game times for that yet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oh, also, we're giving away tickets on the the Ched webs- website. Go look for the uh, Oilers Superfan Contest on the contest page on six three Ched dot com. Let us know why you or someone y- you like or hate for that matter. You can send anybody. Let you know <laughs> why someone uh, in your life uh, should come to the game on uh, Tuesday. And Chelsea's going to give those away on her show from three to six on Tuesday afternoon. Okay, we got Jason on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Jason. Go ahead. Hey guys, it's always a pleasure listening to you guys. It's uh, it's a great time, and you guys make it fun. A uh, couple questions for you. Hey, what do you think was said in the dressing room after the first period? And the second one, um, do you think uh, loading up Drysaddle and McDavid always was the plan? Um, what they talked about, and, and both a couple of the players mentioned what they talked about. They were confident. They felt that they 
had some chances they missed and didn't play particularly well. They just wanted to keep going forward. As, as Leon said it himself, we've been in this position before. We've we've fell behind in games and have had to come back. There was a lot of time left. And 40 minutes is an eternity for the Edmonton Oilers when they only need three goals. So they were able to do it. As far as Connor and Leon playing together, that is always an, oppor- or an opportunity that uh, Jay Woodcroft will use when needed. I think they prefer to have them separate because it gives them more balance when they're separate, but they know that if they fall behind or if they need a spark, putting those two together uh, plays havoc with the opposition. So tonight they put them together when needed, and it obviously worked. All right, Oilers win at 5-4. So thanks to James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. 780-496-0063. We have TW on the line. Hi, TW. Go ahead. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. I haven't called in years, but I'm so excited. You know how young kids walk around and they say, he shoots, he scores. You know, I'm 63, and I find myself down here in Arizona walking around saying, Leon Dreisaitl. You know, Michaels is is a, a definite Hall of Fame broadcaster. And you guys are so lucky up there to, uh, to have back-to-back Hall of Famers. But I wanted to address the goaltending situation. I come back with with, with Campbell. You got to go with the, the the hot goalie, you know, and and he shouldn't have a so, short lease either. I I think that uh, you know you definitely come back with him for uh, uh, for game uh, five, and then uh, play it by air from then. Anyway, appreciate you guys. TW's always been a bad uh, big fan. Used to listen to the show, and when I was living in Edmonton, uh, I think Sid Smith was doing it. So that tells you how long uh, TW's been around. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, Sid was doing this job uh, late 90s, I think. Yeah, so thanks for being a loyal listener. And as I said, uh, first three-goal comeback in the playoffs since the uh, 1997 first round against the Dallas Stars. So a little bit of a a franchise milestone tonight. Tonight, too. 5-4, the Oilers win in overtime against the Kings. Uh, so 3-10 and 10 now, Rob, <laughs> since 2017 in overtime, thanks to the Hyman goal. Well, hopefully it starts to even out. It's too good a team not to. And that's the one thing that you, you feel is when you're going into overtime, not like, well, they've had some things go against them. Eventually, they're going to get the break, and they did tonight. I don't believe Kempe uh, meant to drill Bouchard the way he did. But just the awkwardness of Bouchard turning, and uh, it looks probably worse than it was, but it was a penalty, and the Oilers got the break they needed. LA Kings got two breaks on power play and power plays in overtime in two of the earlier games. Tonight, the Oilers got their break. They didn't take advantage of it, but that certainly tires out the, the killers, and the LA Kings used their best players to kill, and they looked a little out of sorts on the winning goal. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Josh on the line. Hi, Josh. Go ahead. Hey, Josh. Do we have you? Hello. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good. I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that third line performance, especially by Warren Fogle. It seemed like he was flying tonight. Well, great point. I, I thought he was excellent. He almost 
Uh, was it in overtime where he almost scored from behind the net? Corbisalo made a fantastic save. He was trying the wraparounds. Either in overtime uh, or that late was in the late third. in the third. Yeah, late in the that third. Was okay, was, just before. Was it tied? No, that was before Kane scored. Actually, that yeah, was so tie. that almost yep. tied it up. Yeah, but he he was very good. I thought there was probably five or six shifts tonight where the Oilers' third line was out there and they kept the Kings hemmed in for the entire shift. And a couple of those shifts, the Kings had their 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 top two lines out there. Uh, very good, very good uh, game by the third line. Now the Oilers had a very, very short bench tonight yep. as the game moved on, but the guys that stepped up uh, played well. It, the LA Kings third line, huge boost getting Fiala back, and the Edmonton Oilers depth players, are, when they come home for Game Five, are going to have to play well because Fiala and Velarde and Iafalo, they are good and created a bunch of great offensive chances in this hockey game. So the Edmonton Oilers' third line has to match that. And I thought tonight, as the game went on, the Edmonton's third line was excellent. Clem Costin played only 338 in this game. DeHarnay uh, eventually got sat down. He did keep playing for a while after Arvidsson uh, spun around him for a goal in the first period. He played 716. Broberg got up to 949. Now, here, here's one thing I want to point out, Rob, and I'm curious to see what you think about it. Kulak played 1906, and I thought Kulak mm-hmm. had a good game. Very good. Edler played 943, and Dursey played 1221. So, I mean, the Oilers are basically going with five defensemen. L.A. is mainly going with four. And we've seen Edler and Dursey struggle at times in this series when the Oilers get in on them. Yeah, especially uh, Edler. Edler has uh, struggled at times. And uh, Dursey, he was so good last year in the playoffs against the Oilers. He hasn't been at that level in this series yet. Um yeah, it's we didn't see that much for going for D-men against a team that has Connor and Leon on it. That's tough. I mean, fatigue comes in, and if you look at the winning goal by Hyman, uh, look where Drew Doughty is, how far back he was. To me, that looks like a defenseman that was tired, that didn't have the energy to get up into the the proper gap control on on top of Hyman, and he just backed in and just tried using his stick to deflect it wide. Uh, there has to be a fatigue problem. Uh, and now going quickly back again, another game, game five on Tuesday, those players have to be tired. So there's an advantage that way. It'll be interesting to see, though, what the Oilers do with their lineup. Uh, Dayarnay has struggled in this series and with either penalties. He's got burned a couple times. They lost a little confidence just in the game tonight, but not completely in them. So you wonder if they go 12-6. and six. But if they go 12-6, and six, obviously Costin was not in the good books do you bring Devin Shore in or do you bring a Holloway in and let him play on your fourth line I think if you're going to play Holloway it's better to do it now than later he's fresh he's been playing instead of having to sit around for two weeks and then all of a sudden you decide okay now we're going to play him after he hasn't played hockey for a while so uh, there are some decisions that are going to be made right away by Jay Woodcroft and kind of gives us something to talk about for the next 40 hours before another hopefully great hockey game all right you're going to hear from evander kane and uh, if you're on hold we will get to you so just hang tough 780-496-0063 huge rally by the oilers the series is 2-2 5-4 edmonton takes it in ot it's heartland ford overtime open line 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. off the outlet, punched forward by Moore on the Oiler net, and Campbell with 3.10 to go, a handoff to Matias Ekholm. Pulsating playoff hockey game for L.A. Now in across the line, McDavid shot, score! This game is tied! Evander Kane, the equalizer with 3-0-2 to play! What a dramatic night. King tying it in the third. Hyman wins it in overtime. Oilers take game four, 5-4. Here is Evander Kane. Did you, I was just say, prefer to start at the end, the way things went, and just how your team, I mean, talk about battling back in a really important game. Yeah, no, it was... Uh... Obviously not uh, the first period we wanted to have, uh, getting down three nothing. But um, you know, I thought we showed uh, a lot of maturity and character to uh, come back in the second there, and, and, and even the score. And, and obviously uh, them getting one early in the in the third period, uh, uh, finding one there late, and, and obviously uh, finally getting the job done in overtime was nice. Did you? Uh, did anyone need to say anything in the first intermission? Everyone kind of understood what what needed to be done moving forward. Yeah, we were we were getting out skated, um, out worked. We were slow, uh, and the, you know when we decided to, to play to our standard, our tempo, uh, you saw what we could do in the second. So um, I thought we did a great job uh, after that first period of playing at our tempo and our pace, and uh, we got rewarded. Evander, your team has had your bet their backs against the ropes uh, plenty of times this season but you guys have done it in the most important time at the most important stage what does that say about your group yeah i mean we don't quit we don't give up uh we know we have the the people uh, in here to do it and uh i think is what he said we just kept hammering at the rock uh, tonight and it finally cracked for us uh, not an easy spot for jack campbell to come in i mean comes in, in the second period but that stop in the third period with 548 remaining what was going through your mind when he stopped that Huge saves. Uh, you know, he made uh, a couple of huge saves when he came in, and obviously he hadn't played in a little bit here and coming in cold, uh, you know, in, in the middle of a playoff game down 3 nothing. Uh, you know, can be tough, but, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's been around the league a long time, and uh, he has a lot of experience, and, and you know, that uh, that provided uh, him some help tonight and, and a great performance. What goes through your mind when you scored the game tire with 3-0-2 remaining? I mean, I was obviously very happy about it. You know, give ourselves a, a chance to to tie the game and, and get a win. Obviously, um, you know, it was nice to nice to snap one home and uh, made a nice break in there. And um, like I said, just trying to help the team win. And uh, it was great to see Himes uh, finish it off in overtime. That is Vander Kane helping the Oilers win 5-4 against the LA Kings. We'll update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Hurricanes over the Islanders 5-2. They lead the series 3-1. Boston taking it to Florida 6-2. Uh, the Boston goalie uh, got a little mad at the end of that game. <laughs> Rob, what if you saw Allmark? He was mad at Kachuk. Everybody yeah. gets mad at Kachuk, so completely so, understandable. So Boston's up 3-1. Stars beat the Wild 3-2. That series is tied 2-2. And, Rob, you mentioned it on the face-off show, the possibility, and it happened. The road teams, 4-0 today, 4-0 yesterday. Yeah, it, it, there's no home ice advantage anymore. Uh, the teams, uh, there's nothing different about the rinks. There's no quirks. Uh, these teams are, all the teams in the playoffs are good uh, and they're all capable of winning uh, either way. And I think in this series, even more so because 
they, they're matching the same way on home as they do at a, on, on away. Both coaches want the same matchup. So uh, the just game, I know the Oilers have a best of three now and two games are on home ice. I'm not sure there's any advantage to that as well. I think the Oilers uh, are going home. They're excited about being 2-2. Uh, hopefully the fans will get them, get them pumped up and get them ready. But road teams in the NHL, I think, are now what is it, 17 and 11? I think on and so far in the playoffs, so that's a pretty healthy uh, winning percentage for the team that's playing away from its own rink. All right, we got Robert on the line. Robert, thanks for calling. Go ahead. You pumped? Hi, Robert. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. This is two point, Robert. We haven't talked in a long time. Um, I think I'm going to have to change my handle to five point, Robert, after tonight. I'm not sure you can hear me. No, we got you. Keep going. Okay. Well, I'm calling from central Mexico where I moved about a year ago, and I'm completely pumped. Number one, that I get to watch hockey on streaming. And number two, for what happened for the, what are they calling it, the comeback at crypto. So my question, and, and uh, Rob kind of touched on this, but what, what's going on on the injury situation? It looks like they only have about nine forwards at this point. <laughs> oh, know, no, they're not injured. What's happening with Costin. No, Costin's not injured. It was just the coaches decided that their best chance of winning this game was with the players that were playing more. So Costin's not injured. Costin was uh, just a healthy decision to by the coaching staff to uh, go with other players instead of him in the final, oh, more or less 50 minutes of this hockey game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what oh, happens. I see. Yeah. No, Costin's not hurt as far as we know. I think he's had his ice time cut in other games. I think DeHarnay... Uh, has had a rocky series at times, Rob. Mm -hmm. So yep. we may see him. Uh, I know that's not a forward, but we may see him uh, come out. I thought Broberg played fine. Yeah, I agree. It, the, the thing with, with the Oilers, if they pull DeHarnay out and go with six defensemen, they have to put a forward in. And, I mean, it, I don't know if it's Holloway or if it's Shore. Do you put Shore in and to pull out DeHarnay? I mean, or do you just go seven defensemen and see how Dayarnay starts the next game. I'm not sure which way they're going to go, but you're right. Dayarnay has had uh, a, a few struggles, a few wobbles in, in this series. And uh, maybe sitting down today for a little while, get him a little more, get him some video, allow him to relax and come back better the next game. But uh, to me, they, the others, <laughs> both teams had very short benches as this game moved on. And over the course, the one advantage both teams have is after game five, there is a lengthy stretch before game six. We got Jeremy on the Certainty Hotline as well. Jeremy, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you, guys. Uh, I just want to say, first time caller, long time listener, and I really appreciate what you guys do on the radio, especially Rob. I uh, was a little bit upset at how you put the uh, overtime loss, or sorry, the penalties um, in the last game, and it took me about 48 hours to calm down and figure out you are completely right. It's basically all on Thank the Oilers. And um, I really like how Jason Strudwick said that 
at some point the Oilers are going to need Jack Campbell and they got him going near the end of the season so that really seemed to work out. Yep, no, Jack Campbell is excellent in this game and we talked about it at the end of the year when he played a couple games. They, they didn't mean much in the way of, of the season and they were against teams that were not, you know, powerful teams in the National Hockey League, but he played well in the games and he gained some confidence and he talked, he answered questions afterwards and they said, how are you feeling about your game? I feel great about my game. So he was ready and give him credit. It has been a, 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 a tough, tough year for Jack Campbell. And he's sitting on the bench for games for games that he was expected to be playing in. And when he finally got his opportunity, and not in an easy situation, because if the Oilers lose this game, it was going to be uh, very hard for them to come back and win this series. And he went in, and he was exceptional. So good for Jack Campbell being ready, and good for Jack Campbell with the effort he gave. Okay, so if the Oilers take it, they'll fly back to Edmonton tomorrow. They'll play here at Rogers Place Tuesday at 7.30 against the Kings in Game 5. Uh, more of your phone calls when we get back, 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. In overtime, deadlocked at four. Edmonton has never led. Hyman left wing for the win. He shoots and scores. Zach Hyman. This game is over. This series is tied. Five, four, Edmonton in overtime. It is Zach Hyman's first career playoff overtime goal, his second game winner in the postseason. He had one last season in the Oilers series against the Calgary Flames. High drama in this game. The Oilers win 5-4 in the extra session, 10 minutes and 39 seconds in to be exact. And as you heard Jack uh, Michaels describing it, the series is indeed tied 2-2. As for the uh, second time in the last three playoffs, the Oilers have three of their first four playoff games go to overtime. It happened against the Jets in 2021, and of course the Jets won games two, three, and four in that series in overtime to uh, to sweep that series. So we've seen a fair bit of uh, OT for the Oilers in the first round. All right, we got Terrence on the line as well. Hi, Terrence, go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going tonight? Good. Right on, uh, long-time listener, second-time caller. Uh, Rob, got to say, I really appreciate your insight on, uh, you know, what it's like for players and stuff. I've been listening to you guys for years. But, uh, you know, the other night, i got to say, I've never seen Bob so fired up in my entire life <laughs> after Game 3. Like, I, I, he was emotional. I thought he was going to call the show. He said he was going to call the show. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I put my phone on do not disturb. No, he so said he was going to he said he was going to call Rob in between shows. Oh. And I texted Rob and I said you better not take that call cuz there's like 40 seconds between shows. No, I put him on do not disturb. There was zero chance I was answering that call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought something happened there. Huh? Anyways, uh I got to say way to be Campbell stepping in there, you know, taking over the reins and he just you know, I don't. It's a hard decision. To, uh, you know, who you gonna put in next uh, next game? But um, I don't know. Maybe Skinner, I guess. But uh, one more thing I gotta say though. Like, I wish Dry and McDavid were together more. Like, I don't know why we can't just make a second line, third line work or something. Because those guys together, they're just dominant. Like, 
I would just love to see them together more. Like, what do you guys think? Well, it, it's certainly an option. And I think that in the past, it was hard putting those two together because if you did, you didn't have a second or a third line. But now, if, if they tonight they played with Kane, that still leaves a Nugent Hopkins and a Hyman together to carry a second line. So the others are capable of doing it. Um, it's going to be an option every game, depending on how the game is going. And obviously, the others know how lethal it can be because they only do it when they're down. So they know that that's one way to get back in a hockey game. But yeah, it is uh, Jay Woodcraft, Woodcraft and all the coaches that have been here before, they always had that that secret weapon of putting Connor and Leon together. And every team in the National Hockey League wishes they had that kind of uh, look that they could go to in any game when things aren't going right. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good point. Because if McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane are together, then at least Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are on another line. Though, oddly enough, <laughs> the Dreisaitl and McDavid were on with Hyman when they scored tonight. But, yeah, usually it was with Kane. One caller mentioned Fogel. I mean, you got to think Fogel's due for one because he's been around the net. Bukestad is, I think, a pretty reliable. And you know what? The best chance uh, before the goal, Rob, was Derek Ryan on that scramble mm-hmm. halfway through overtime. I, th- I thought he had that one. I thought he was going to knock it in. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Ryan had a great game. Uh, I thought Ryan did, Fogel did, Bukestad. The depth players played well, and they've played well the entire series. And I think as this series goes forward, because it's going at least two more games, depth players are going to have to be important because the LA Kings, they've got a third line now that is might be as good, if not better, offensively than their first two lines. Ayafaolo with Fiala and Velarde, they were dominant in the first period. They were very good. So this is a, a three-line team, the LA Kings. So the Edmonton Oilers are going to have to match that. And so far, their depth players, failures have been very good. And I agree. I think Fogel's due. Because the, the one that he had the wraparound in the third period, that just touched the 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 blocker of Corpusalo, but Fogel had a very, very strong game. We'll bring Paul onto the show as well. Paul, good evening. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I was just going to say that question you posed was said in that second period, at the end of the second period, and I thought it would be the Oilers of the past, fierce physical pounding. That's provided that win. What were the hits tonight? The hits were lower tonight than usual. <laughs> yeah. I, Nobody I, got to 50. 40-27 nope. in favor of the Kings, oddly enough. Yeah, the others played smarter. It was, And to me, that was the thing that was killing them earlier in the series. They, they had too much focus and energy on getting even or sending a message or, or in the scrums. The Oilers are a good hockey club, a very good hockey club. They didn't have to. They, in my experience, the team that does things after the whistle the things that get things involved get you know a little chippy those are usually the underdogs they have to do it to try and unsettle the better team they have to do it hopefully taking uh, some of the better players off the ice getting them upset getting them frustrated the better teams are always the teams that turn their cheek and just skate to the bench and i think the oilers had too much energy in all the extracurriculars and they just missed out putting their focus on the right things. And tonight, uh, I know after a shaky first period, the Oilers were, I mean, they just were focused on on playing hockey. The whistle went, they turned away, and and they just 
went about their business. And I think that's what they have to do going forward. Don't give the LA Kings power plays. The LA Kings power play it ain't as good as the Oilers, but it sure is pretty good still. And uh, you want to make sure that you don't give momentum that way. So I thought both teams were smarter tonight. I thought the refing was very good in this hockey game. And that's what set up a, a fantastic game for us to watch. McDavid with three assists, Dreisaitl two goals and an assist, Bouchard a goal and two assists to lead the way for the Oilers offensively, Hyman a goal and an assist. Of course, he had the overtime winner. Our old buddy Jeremy from Glendon, who's now Jeremy from Regina, he said, did not expect this to be the best officiated game this series uh, to come from Steve Kazari. I didn't agree with everything, but there was definitely a standard tonight. By contrast, I saw fans watching the Stars' wild game irate <laughs> over the officials, especially the phantom penalty on Marcus Foligno. Who ref that game? Garrett Rank and Kevin Pollock, who were the Game 3 refs of our series. Well, Did you, I, did you see that, Reed? Did you see the penalty? Is that the one that just looked like kind of a body check? Well, there was two that Felino got. One, he hit a guy behind the net. That's the one he, I saw, yes. Okay, that, was, that one was bad, but the other one was worse. I think at the point, uh, it was 2-1 for Dallas. And Felino. Oh, the guy went, jumped around him. Yeah, he went to hit a guy in the neutral zone. The guy jumped, and actually, his arm clipped Felino and cut him. And I'm watching the game, and they say there's a penalty. And I'm like, well, that's a bad call because he jumped out of the way. He shouldn't get a penalty for cutting the guy. It was, it was incidental. But then they gave Felino a tripling penalty instead. It was uh, like, I've. That was one of the worst calls I've seen. The guy went to throw a body check fell into the boards face first and got a tripping penalty. The guy never didn't fall. Yeah. It was like, it was bad. So it was the same two referees, and I saw a lot of tweets about it saying, hey, if you think they were bad in the Edmonton game, you right. should have seen them in the Minnesota game. Well, and I'm they going might, to... Re- they I'm, might not get any more games. I'm going... Yeah, well, I'm going to remind people of that. And as, as I was saying the other night, I mean, the refs are always... Uh, can Not always, but they can be a factor... Yep. You know, we get a lot of emotion from fans after the game, which we understand and appreciate. But, you know, we, we, unless it's a controversial call or, or so, like you and I have learned rules, right? Yes. <laughs> so, you absolutely. know, the last game, of course, we had to talk about the high stick, what we saw, what the rule is, who the, you know, what if the puck hit this guy? So, you know, sometimes I actually find it interesting to get to get into. Um but I, but I say this, if, if you think there's a bad ref, I'm seriously, write down his name and then see how many playoff games he gets. Like, I'm, I'm serious. I've, I've said that. To, I remember I said that to a caller mm-hmm. a couple months ago, Rob, who was mad about a certain official. I said, look, we're not going to break down every call he made, but seriously, check the game sheet of every playoff game and see if he's working. Well, the, the referees get evaluated after yeah. every hockey game. And then uh, the, it, just like in the series for the players and the teams, the next round, there's going to be fewer teams. There's going to be fewer games. Therefore, there's going to be fewer refs. And all the refs will be rated in this series or in this round. And then the best ones move on and get to do do the next round. When you get to the Stanley Cup Finals, you're going to have, usually I think it's two sets of referees and linesmen, and they're the best of the best. So that's how they do it. And, and it, it's a huge honor for these players, or for these refs, and it's money for these refs. So it's they get better and better as this goes on. And the playoff referees are the best ones from the regular season. So if you don't like some of the ones you're seeing now, just imagine what it could have been. <laughs> well, Tim Peel told me that story last season, the mid-series. It was like, okay, thanks, Tim. You're done. You made a mistake. He got – that was it. So I, I know uh, – I, I know – 
the one guy called last game and said put their names back that's never happening because Bettman doesn't want the names on the jerseys but uh, it's uh well and it, I don't think you need that anyways I the one thing I would like I would like referees to just like I've seen in baseball where the, the the umps will come and talk after a game I'd love to see referees do that too just to explain things and not in a not so there's negative things thrown at these referees but I would love to hear why you said what, or why you did what you did, why you called what you did. What did you see? Because when we get to watch it, we're watching it in, well, a lot of us are watching it on television when it's an away game and you're getting to see 19 replays and you're getting to see a camera angle that is different than the referee sees. I'd love to hear what a referee will actually, well, I was trying to see it, but Dayarnay skated right in front of me just as that guy fell and Dayarnay's six foot seven. Yeah. I didn't see it. So it'd be if you knew these things, it'd be much. You probably have a much more appreciation of how hard it is to referee. All right, Oilers win five four in overtime. They were down three nothing after the first period. Well, this guy's going to be happy. We got Abbas calling in tonight. Abbas, go ahead. I'm game, boys. I could not believe it. I said, no way, we can't, we can't lose this game at three nothing. But the way they they had the adversity, I said. Okay, oh, two, we're gonna win this part. Oh my God! But I gotta say, Soup did a wonderful job. I still say we're gonna win this series. Provide him next game. We we get like maybe a shutout, or maybe win a regulation. Well, I think a lot of fans would like a regulation win. <laughs> Should see some of the texts I got from my my mom and a couple of friends tonight. Rob, <laughs> it's uh, it's tense out there, my friend. What, what well, are, I, and I got buddies texting me; they'd love to see a route, just so they don't have the stress level throughout the throughout the night. Uh, I just, I just can't see either team routing the other team. I just think both teams are so good, and uh, both uh, they they understand their strengths and they understand the other team's weaknesses, and they're playing to their strengths and. Uh, they're getting both teams are getting smarter as the series moves along now. They know what they can and can't get away from. They know what the tendencies are of the opposition. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're an Oilers fan, you're hoping for a referee to come in and call everything because that does favor the Oilers the way they're playing on their power play. But yeah, I just I, I think it's going to be another nail biter in, in Game Five. And just hopefully the the others get the balance or the break they need to put them in the right direction. Here's a message I got from a a friend who uh, I've known uh, a little over a decade, but she's really only become a hockey fan in about the last two or three years. And after the game, she wrote me, I was excited, but my stomach hurt the whole game, LOL. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think she was LOLing during the game, and she might have not been LOLing telling me that if the Oilers had lost. So, anyway, it's like I always say, embrace the tension, right? It's better than waiting. I don't even know when the draft lottery is. I think it's right away. Who knows? Actually, I don't even know when it is either, no. They usually do it or sometime in the first round, don't, don't they? But it, you know what? It, it, it honestly could have already happened. And I, <laughs> well, I no, it's funny. No, we would and know, I think, because they have the Bedard. They would. True, but you know what is kind of funny? We, we In Edmonton, we probably should know when they usually do the draft lottery because the Oilers have actually had some pretty good success. Oh, no, I know, but I, I don't know when it is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, there's probably people out there that actually have a tattoo of that date that are Edmonton Oilers fans. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's not till May 8th. 
Okay, we got some time to plan. That'd be round three, I would imagine. Or no, is that still round two? That'd uh, be- no, that'd be in round two. Yeah. End of round two. Because yeah. if this one wouldn't go seven, it's May first for game seven. Okay, we got Ryder on the line as well. Ryder, go ahead. Hello. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind, sir? Um, I really like when they can go today. That was a big goal. Pretty, were you pretty excited when that puck went in the net? Yeah, it was a, it was a good goal, and it was surprising. And and then it was more like that kind of little snapshot from the circle into the goal. Yeah, it was a pretty good way to end the game. Now you sound like you may be from out of the country. Where are you at right now? Australia. Oh yeah. Now do you watch the game in Australia today? Yeah, I listen to it. Oh, you listen to it? Oh, are you a big Oilers fan? Yeah. Who's your favorite player? Connor McDavid. Oh, that's a pretty good Popular choice. Popular choice. Yeah. yeah. Very good choice. Ryder, what time is it there? 3.30 p.m. 3.30 p.m. And is it, uh, so it's Monday, right? Yeah. Well, I guess it's now Monday here as well. Okay. Well, Ryder, thanks for listening to chat and uh, enjoy the victory, man. I hope we hear from you again, okay? Okay. That's Ryder checking in. I'm going to tell you something, uh, Rob. We're going to stay in Australia. We got Matt from Australia calling in as well. Hi, Matt. Hi, it's it's Matt from Australia. Now, this is at least the third time you've called us, right? Yep. Now, do you know Ryder? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> it's like when you tell people you're Canadian in the States, and they're like, oh, yeah, my friend lives in Toronto. Do you know him? Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, what, what do you think, think about Matt? the game tonight, Matt? Me and my dad were super happy. We watched it at home, and um, I saw it just out of sight really well. Oh, he was very good. Were you nervous at all in the game today? Yeah, I was very nervous in, in overtime. Yeah. Do you have any superstitions? Do you have a, a lucky shirt you wear or a lucky hat to, to make sure that the Oilers get a victory? Well, I, I took my lucky shirt off for this game and my hat, and then we won, yeah. Okay, so now they're your unlucky shirt and hat, so now you got to find a new... What, what shirt did you wear today? Is it a special shirt, someone that you're going to wear again on Tuesday? Uh... Probably it's just a just a t-shirt, just a random. Well, you better make sure that your mom washes that so it's ready for Tuesday's game because that is your new lucky shirt and the Edmonton Oilers' new lucky shirt. Yeah, my family is also going to watch the hockey game in Australia, the LA versus Coyotes. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you, are you gonna, you're going to go? The whole family's going. Yeah. That's awesome. No, you're you're uh, you're the young guy. Is it your dad that's from Edmonton? Yes. Right. So how is he during these games? Is he pretty excited? He's pretty nervous, and he he didn't watch half of the game because he was um, too scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Matt. Well, no. Now, Matt, are you the? Did you come to Edmonton earlier this year? Uh, I came in 2017, not Oh, in 2017, not this I year. see. Right, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Matt, well, again, thanks for your support, and thanks for calling us. Hopefully we hear from you again soon, okay? 
Okay, thanks. That is Matt. So two calls in a row from uh, Australia, and we're uh, we're well aware of the international listenership we get. And uh, and uh, it, it seems like Australia is the number one country, though, from which we get calls, which is, I find kind of interesting. I guess a lot of it Canadians is. might wind up there, right, and have their families. So I guess I've I've never been, but. I, I think that well, too many next insects. time Matt calls, we'll see if we got a place to stay if we ever stop in Australia. All right, Oilers pull it out 5-4 in overtime. The series is 2-2. You're going to hear from Drysdale and Hyman as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. McDavid. To Bouchard. Nugent Hopkins. Bouchard high slot. Nugent Hopkins open dishing. What time to score? This game is tied. Leon Dreisaitl power play goal. 10.5 left in the period. And Edmonton has come all the way back to tie game four at three. The Oilers gave up three in the first. They got three in the second. Drysaddle had two of them. Bouchard, the other one. Edmonton outshot the Kings 28 in the second period, and they win 5-4 over the Kings in overtime with Hyman getting the winner. Drysaddle has been outstanding in this series, Rob. He's been the best player on the ice for both teams. He's been outstanding. And he was one of the, the main culprits over the first few games that uh, had his energy going in places that it didn't need to be because uh, when he was playing between the whistles he's unstoppable um, and playing physical and make, creating plays and I mean he's been all world the Oilers are, are fortunate they've got the best player in the world and they got the second best player in the world and in this series Leon Drysettle has been the best player and I, we've seen over the last number of years that as great as Leon is in the regular season, he gets better in the bigger games at playoff time. And tonight when the others desperately needed something going in the second period, when they were trailing by three, yeah, you know, he put the team on his back again. So another excellent game by Leon. All right. We got Anthony on the certainty hotline. Hi, Anthony. Good morning. Hey guys, greetings from Dundas, the home of the Allen cup champions. Oh, did they win it? You know, I used to follow the Allen Cup very closely, and I covered a few. So Dundas just won it? Yeah, they won yesterday. They were actually uh, playing, I guess, a team from Newfoundland. Um, but, yeah, I've called you guys once or twice before. It's been a bit of time now. But, uh, yeah, I guess they were down 2 nothing going to the third. So maybe a little bit like the Oilers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they came back and won. So it was a real, real great tournament. And, uh yeah, shout out to those guys. They're either going to work tomorrow or they were at work today. So Right on. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, no, love your show. And just want to say that, yeah, I'm just really impressed with uh, Bouchard and uh, even more so with uh, Holland for being able to make that trade, you know, and uh, to Bouchard stepped right into the role once uh, Barry was gone and, you know, getting at home. But, yeah, I'm just really impressed with the way, um, you know, he's been playing and, uh, yeah, he's a threat. He's a threat every time, so he's on the ice. Playing great. Yeah. yeah. Well, great I, point. I, yeah. Sorry, Rob. Yeah. No, yeah, no. He's yeah. Bouchard was excellent. Uh, with the puck on his stick, he makes he makes good plays. Uh, he and he's got a bomb of a shot. And I tell you that nobody wants to get in front of it. It hurts. It stings. And 
over the course of a series, players realize that, you know, every time you get in front of that shot, it's going to hurt, and the next one's going to hurt a little bit more, and all of a sudden, Bouchard's shot seems to find its way through a little, a few, a little lot more often than it did earlier in in the series. So, uh, tonight, he was a big part of the comeback in the second period, and obviously, a fantastic pass from behind his own net in overtime that sprung Zach Hyman. We got Shiraz on the line as well. Shiraz, go ahead. I'm in that great, amazing game and amazing uh, analysis as usual. This series kind of reminds me of the Jets in the 80s. It, it makes them battle ready. Um, I just have a question about uh, your opinion about um, Yamamoto. I've been trying to follow him on that line, and it seems like he's just doesn't have the energy like the rest of the team, and uh, he needs to step up a little bit. And I'm just wanting to hear your opinion on that. Great show again. Uh, good point. I, I do believe they need uh, more production at a Yamamoto he's playing in the top six uh, normally either with Connor and or or Leon and tonight they they broke it up a little bit and he played some with Nugent Hopkins uh, if the Oilers want to continue on a long run guys in the top six have to produce and tonight we saw Kane do it tonight we saw Hyman do it um, yeah I, I I agree Yamamoto there are a lot of things that he does well but there is pressure on a guy in the top six to produce offensively as well. So hopefully he'll find the back of the neck soon, uh, as a couple of the other guys did tonight. But, yeah, they do need more from him offensively. Yamamoto tonight, 18.54, minus two, had a shot on goal, uh, played a minute 12 shorthanded, three blocked shots. I, I mean, they keep putting him out there, but that's that's the one spot, right? I mean, the Oilers... Of course, they have two top lines, but they really have a top five. And then Yamamoto, mm-hmm. Fogel, you know, cost in a couple of games. Yanmark, other guys have sort of cycled through that. It's usually been Yamamoto's spot, I guess, Yessie when he was here. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know if they want to move Fogel up there because he's been doing well with the guys he no, plays with. No, they, they don't. I mean, there will be times over the course of, of the playoffs, hopefully this the final of this round and in rounds to come where you'll see other guys move up in and out of that lineup. But yeah, they, they do need more. There are a lot, there's a lot of things to like about Yamamoto's game, but when you play with Leon and Connor, and as we saw earlier in this series, we're on a two on one, the defenseman went right to Connor. They are going to tell other players, well, we're going to take away this option. You're going to have to score instead. And Yamamoto is going to have opportunities where he's going to need to put the puck in the net. So he's got the ability uh, but he's just got to find the finish, and hopefully it'll come at some point in this series, and it'll carry forward. Connor McDavid led the Oilers in ice time, 30 minutes and 22 seconds. Drew Doughty led the Kings. He played 33:08. Oilers take it 5-4 in overtime. Sir Robert is on the line. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, obviously, I mean, after the first, they were down three. I was, let's just say I was less than uh less than optimistic i'll just go with that but no but uh, i like the way that they uh fought back and you know, continue to stay resilient as i've heard uh jay woodcroft use that term a lot how you know uh, i guess how the group is uh you know finds ways to stay in games um campbell came in brilliant uh you know gave him a chance to get back in it and eventually win it if it's me got to start Campbell in game five that's just my opinion what the coaches do who knows I'm not them but um obviously uh you know in my opinion I would like to see Holloway come in but 
I mean, who do you who do you take out for him? I mean, it's been established that obviously it won't be Amo, so I think you. It would be what Costin maybe because Costin only played four minutes tonight. Or so. Jay Harney, and they play yeah. twelve and six. Yeah. So again, I don't know. Uh, I guess. Uh, well, and I looked at the, checking out the ice time. Jay uh, uh, Harney was under eight minutes. So I mean, I mean, do you do you do you do you guys see him coming out? You see them going twelve and six because it's at home and they have the advantage of. Uh, last change or do they stay uh, I think I think they go 11 and 7 that way you can play your star players more up front and they've got four days off afterwards so they can overplay them in the game yeah yeah all right well I got to see where this uh, see where it goes the next two but uh, obviously I believe it I believe the Oilers can and still still win this series I think they're going to do it in six I don't think game seven will be required but even if it is and they could they can find a way to do it there Ultimately, I think we're, I think we're going to the second round, and it'll likely be against Vegas. All right, thank you, Sir Robert. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Shaddy is on the line. Go ahead, Shaddy. Hey guys, do you ever hear that term "love hate relationship"? I have heard that term. Yes. That's me watching the Oilers in overtime. <laughs> it is the most stressful thing. It's, it's that feeling where your stomach starts to churn, like you just went and overate at Taco Bell. And you don't know how you're going to react. <laughs> well, probably won't have the same after effect, though. You know what I mean? Every, but it's more like hate, 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 love, the way, they, the way they've been in overtime the last few years. But I digress. But even when they were down 3 nothing, I got this feeling, and I, I look over at my son, I go, man, this, this team reminds me of the Kansas City Chiefs. You just never, you never think they're down. No matter how many points they're down, no matter how many goals they're down, you always feel that the team's going to come back. And there's one thing I want to correct you on. The refs were actually decent today. The Oilers did not get a break on that dry sidle uh, penalty because right in front of the slot, one guy took a cheap shot right on the ribs of McDavid. So that should have been the penalty anyways. They missed that one. They got another one. So karma was a biatch tonight for them. That's number one. Okay. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. I've always been a proponent of not playing McDavid and Dreisaitl together. But specifically against this team, when you play them together, you kind of nullify the two-way defensive specialists of Kopitar and Deneau. Because LA's not going to play them together on the same line. So when you put both of them, then you probably can overwhelm them. And if you noticed, the first half of that third period, they separated them. And then halfway through, they put them back together, and that's when they gained their momentum back. That's an, that's an interesting other, way to look at it, yeah. And Skinner's definitely been, for me, I'm leaning more towards Skinner because he's been the better goalie all year, but he's been absolutely brutal. He hasn't made really any big saves. And even Campbell tonight, was, you know, he obviously bailed the team out. But a lot of those rebounds, a lot of those saves, he still scares the heck out of me. I, you know what? That's a good point. I thought Campbell was excellent at keeping the puck out of the net. I don't think he was going to get any points on style. Well, the first couple were, shots were scary. The first couple one, shots against. Yeah, yeah, one laid on his pad. There was a couple in his feet. I mean, he made a he made sure the puck didn't go across the goal line. And but there were a couple. You're like, oh, but uh, Skinner. Now Skinner has made some big saves in the. The game where he stopped the 2-0 against, uh, 
to me, Skinner, yes, yeah, Skinner's been the better goalie all season long. I just think right now that Skinner was on a way to possibly a third loss in the playoffs in four games. Campbell came in and stole a game. He he was out saying the, the third period, the LA Kings were dominant through the first 15 minutes of that third period. And this game should have been over with. And Campbell kept him in and allowed Kane to come back and get that goal. So I, I don't know if there's a wrong goaltender to go with. I myself would probably go with Campbell. Okay. Rob, you can go to bed right now if you like. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> what that. What time I are you on the uh, ice? Uh, to, I'm, I'm not on the ice till noon tomorrow, so I actually get to sleep in. Oh, so it's a amazing. big, exciting day in the Brown household. Okay. Well, nonetheless, I'm going to uh, let you punch out here. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you in a couple days. And we will go back to Los Angeles and post-game comments from Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman. Leon, what was said in the locker room after the first period and you were down 3 nothing? Um, we've been there before and we got lots of time. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you want to put a period like that behind yourself and, um, you know, not, not dwell on that. So, um, thought we had a good meeting um, and obviously came out, came out really strong and, and gave ourselves a chance. Leon, how would you evaluate the way Jack came in and, and really saved you guys? Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Uh, not an easy situation. Um, hasn't been an easy year for him. Um, but the way he showed up tonight was uh, was really, really great, and um, we're very fortunate to, to, to have him. Zach, uh, I want to ask you, you know, the, the theme this morning or yesterday was we're going to keep hitting this rock and it's going to split eventually. Uh, yourself and Evander Kane had been pounding on that rock pretty good for four games, and he scores at the end of regulation, and you get your first big one here in overtime. Is it? Did the patience, uh, I guess, pay off? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, you know, playoff hockey. Obviously, you know, you you got a short period of time to, to make an impact, or else you're not going to be, you know, playing for long, right? So, um, you don't score every game in hockey, and you just got to keep, you know, keep shooting, keep taking to the net, keep. You know, trying to get the puck back. They're a good defensive team. They play tight. They play hard. Um, and you got to make. You know, we, we had a lot of chances. You got to start burying them. Zach, over here. Does this feel like, as the series progresses here, does this feel like two heavyweights that are just throwing punches, and it's going 12 rounds or, or even 15? Does it feel that way? Well, I mean, three overtime games, right? So, and then the other one was was tight down to the wire. Um, not much space. You know. Obviously, two good teams, two two good power plays too. Right, there's a lot of special teams goals. So, um, yeah, it's it's what what was to be expected going in. I think everybody thought this was going to be a, a tough series. Nobody thought it was going to be an easy one, and now it's a best of three. Um, it's just uh, Leon. I just uh, the overtime record wasn't great coming in here. I think it was one in ten in the last eleven. Is do you guys do something different, or is that just the way sometimes the ball bounces and you know just just the way it was? Well. First of all, you know it's you shouldn't shouldn't put yourself on a on a kill. Uh, that's what happened the last two. Um, sometimes you can't avoid it, but um, you know sticks down, move our legs. Um, I thought we did a good job. Leon, I suspect you'd rather me not not be down three goals after one period. But what can uh, you know passing this, the first biggest test of this series do for for this team going ahead? Well, first of all, I think they're all big tests, uh, but this one was was really big. Uh, in that moment, it was it was massive for a group. Uh, so I thought we responded really, really well. Uh, it's not 
not an easy team to come back against, um, especially when they have the lead. Um, and I thought we just came in waves in the second period and, and yeah, put ourselves uh, back in it. Zach, I just wonder if, you know, you had a couple guys kind of uh, see their minutes reduced, a couple guys have their minutes bumped up, obviously the goaltending switch too. What does this say about kind of the team that you, you maybe have this year and, and the types of contributions you can get from up and down the lineup? Yeah, we have a ton of depth, you know, at, at all positions. And and obviously, first and foremost, you know, at the goaltending position, we had two great goalies and soup coming in and, and you know, giving, giving us a spark was, you know, huge. And then, you know, all throughout our lineup, we've had contributions in this series from guys up and down the lineup. You've been in a lot of playoff series and, you know, we follow them inch by inch. The fans were mad in Edmonton at the referees. They didn't like this call. They didn't like that call. Tonight, uh, I'm not saying you got all the breaks, but maybe the worm turned a little bit your way tonight. You didn't, you know, you weren't relying on referees maybe the way you had been. Is this the, just what happens in hockey series? Does the ebb always flow back at some point? There's a lot of momentum swings. I think that's playoff hockey. It's the nature of playoff hockey. I look at the game today. They're up 3 nothing, and then, you know, we tie it up, right? That's, that's playoff hockey, and um, the refs, the calls, the bounces are all a part of that, right? You, you, those things, some things you can't control, right? And, and you have to give yourself the, the best opportunity and put yourself in the best position that you don't need to worry about those bounces as much. Leon, a little bit of a two-part question here. You guys use the word resilient to describe your group, but to do it on the biggest stage of your season right now, what does it say about the character in that locker room and how tight the bond is in that locker room? Uh, it says a lot. I think we showed that tonight. Um, I think we've shown that all year, uh, that we love playing for each other. And, um, you know, we are a very, very resilient group, and, and we're not going to quit ever, um, no, no matter what. So I'm um, really proud of the guys, but, uh, you know, that's, that's only two. Uh, for it's, it's, it's first to four. So, um, yep, yeah, move on. Zach, just on... The Zach, just on the game-winning goal, what did you see on the rush-up ice? Just a great breakout pass, uh, pass from Boosh from behind the net to kind of spring me. I think we caught him on a line change. Um, and then I was looking, you know, for I think it was a half two-on-one type of deal, and I was looking for the pass a little bit. And then uh, as I crept in, it turned into a great A scoring chance. And in, in OT, you just got to put as many pucks to the net as you can. So I um, was able to get it up and over, and I think went through him, and, and that was the game. Take one more in English and one in German, please. Yeah, it's Zach, sorry, just over here. Um, I know your team guy likes to talk about the team above all, but where does this goal rank in, in terms of your career moments or the importance of that goal? Uh, yeah, it's up there. I mean, it's my first overtime playoff winner, so um, probably, you know, the most important goal in my career to date. Well, hard to argue with them. Hyman gets the game winner. Great hockey game. Oilers take it 5-4. The series is 2-2. So our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Tuesday with the face-off show at 5.30 here on 6.30 Chet and then the game starting at 7.30. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 6.30chet.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. I think Brendan and Cam are going to do the show while Bob's flying back. That's from noon to 2 today on 6.30 Chet. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. In overtime. Deadlocked at four. Edmonton has never led. Hyman left wing for the win. He shoots and scores. Zach Hyman. 
This game is over. This series is tied. 5-4 Edmonton in overtime.